here. Just wanted to give you a little explanation before we begin uh, this month's episode. We recorded this way back on July 3rd. In fact, it's been uh, quite a few months since our last episode. On July 4th, I had a big problem with my eye, which ended up being a detached retina. And I had to have a surgery and everything to uh, get that reattached. And it's been a, a long recovery period. I haven't been able to use my eyes very well to actually see to be able to edit the episode until just recently. So um, we have this a couple late. We talk about some things we're looking forward to that have already come to pass, such as Longmire appearing on Netflix and things like that. So um, I hope you enjoy this episode. And now that I've recovered, we hope to have these coming back to you on a monthly basis. And here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Checking the Gate, a film and religion podcast. I'm Robert Wright Stasco. And I am Michael M. Patty. And we are a podcast where every once in a while we <laughs> review a movie and a TV show and evaluate it for its religious content. Less often than we would like. Yes. Well, we're going to get back on schedule here. It's been a rough, it's been a rough few months for us, so... Uh, anyways, this month we are looking at the movie Calvary starring Brendan Gleeson and um, in TV Corner. Blue Bloods starring Tom Selleck and Donnie Wahlberg. Uh, yes. The good, the good Wahlberg. Yes. <laughs> our, our, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. Our favorite new kid. He's, he's <laughs> almost too good of an actor to be on the show, but more on that later. Yeah. Um, this is this is the uh, talky edition of checking the gate because both of the media we're discussing had very little action, um, at least in uh, what we saw of the show anyway, and definitely the movie. Yes. Oh, well, they keep the action to the end. You know, the, it, it, yeah. it's all in the tension and and uh, you know they have some like they have the hostage episode. You know. They they do that on every show. Yeah, like you know, Castle has their hostage episode. Yeah. You know, it's you know. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll compare this to Castle later. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I've been saving that. But uh, Calvary is a film we've had on our docket for a while. Yeah, since since I we saw the trailer together before something like was it Noah? I think so. Yeah. And uh, we knew right away it was going to be something that we wanted to do for the show. I've actually had it. Uh, since before, believe it or not, they still send you discs in the mail from Netflix. I have had it at my house since before we recorded our last episode. So I pretty much, I could have gone out and bought it and gotten different things in the mail. But and, and that's neither here nor and there. Mike has not let me forgot about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mike, why don't you give us a rundown of the plot of Calvary? Well, it starts with a, a cold open of a priest in a confessional. Play. The priest is Brendan Gleeson, the main character. Uh, Father James is his name. And he's hearing a confession of someone who admits that he was raped as a child by a priest and he can't turn the offending party into the authorities now because he has passed on. And uh, since he can't make any headlines or, you know, be he can't be heard by having a guilty priest punished, he is going to kill Father James in one week because he is a good priest and an innocent priest. 
And then in the meantime, the the course of the movie is we see the week in between and all of the people in the little Irish town where he lives that he interacts with, yeah. uh, including his daughter from before he entered the priesthood, a local doctor, a bartender, an elderly man who wishes to end his own life, just in in a sorted array of characters and many familiar faces. I didn't yes. I didn't realize that until I, until I started watching the movie and I I had to keep checking IMDb. Oh, yeah. who's that? Oh, she's the lady from Sherlock Holmes and Flight. And oh, is that porn stash from Orange is the New Black? No, that's Littlefinger. <laughs> I I actually I yes. I I saw him and it's like oh, who is that? I know. And he, he shows up like really early in the movie and I I I, I reached yeah. for my phone and was like Oh, Game of Thrones. That's, yeah, right. that's yeah. I. I thought it was. I thought it was porn stash from Warner's The New Black. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, is that, that dude really yet. Irish? It's it's all it, it's amusing. Well, with the we name haven't like, seen very many. Yeah, with the name like Aiden Gillen. Yeah, yeah. should have figured. That. No, no, no. I mean. When I thought he was the guy from Orange Is the New Black, I oh, thought, yeah. is he really <laughs> Irish? The other guy. But, yeah, that dude's yeah. name is Pablo in real life. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, M. Emmett Walsh is in it too. M. Emmett Walsh, which um, I I seriously thought that he had passed away, but he's still <laughs> kicking. It, it kind of looked like they might have had to hurry the movie along. Yeah. No, well, that's it, awful. I'm sorry. He he's still got stuff he's, that he's yeah. making, man. He's, yeah. Um, he, he's oh, got like over 250 credits on IMDb. Yeah, like acting credits. Good uh, for him. Brandon Gleason's own son. I found out how to pronounce it. Donal. Donal. He, he okay. did a the, the M is just there to confuse Americans. He okay. he he did a video on Entertainment Weekly where he he <laughs> told us how to pronounce his name. He plays the uh prisoner that Father yeah. James goes to see. Yeah. And last but not least, Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaids and uh Family Tree on HBO. Okay, I haven't seen Family Tree. You'd like it. It's yeah. very Christopher Guest. Okay. <laughs> so yes, and and it's only eight episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah, super accessible. Yeah. So you, you'll um, it. yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, yeah. So uh, as always, uh, this one is kind of a, a who done it or who's going to do it. They don't show who is on the other side of the confessional, but yeah. when when Father James is telling, I, I guess his superior about it uh, he says that he knows who it was and the whole movie no hint is let on and right. i i even tried looking for clues and i i guessed the wrong guy yeah um yeah and i i should have known because um like whoever was second billing was the guy uh, <laughs> especially on imdb so i was like Oh yeah, I should have known. Yeah, way to just give it away. Why don't you just tell them? Yeah, well, it, I we said spoiler alert. Yeah. So no, we have we have long <laughs> since established that if you haven't seen the movie or the TV show, then why are you listening to this? Yeah. So it's it, it ends up being Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. Um, who did it? And there's I, I couldn't find any, and I didn't go back and rewatch it, but the whole time I I thought it was going to be the the rich guy. Yeah, I kind of thought so too. And then when they're talking with Aiden Gillen's character, Doctor Frank, um, that was too obvious. Yeah, because because he was Littlefinger on Game of Thrones. I I knew it wasn't <laughs> him. 
Yeah. So, but there was there's a whole town of people who are hurting. Yeah. And got all their you know really messed up lives, and yeah. um, you know I'm working towards being a pastor myself, and I'm like, is this what I'm in for? Yeah. I, I don't think all at once. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the movies kind of uh, you know they hype up real life and plus wait movies aren't real <laughs> i know right <laughs> maybe not you won't have all these situations all at once all in one week but people yeah. are hurting and i like the way his character you know father james does the best he can to reach out to people and he doesn't really try to say i'm going to fix this for you whether they yeah. you want it or not yeah. he, he's like he's like i'm here i can't decide for you i can yeah. you know just give you forgiveness yeah he's like i'm here for you if you want help i'm offering it to you know that it seems a lot of people are just kind of like well i'm kind of fine the way i am you know I'm, i know i'm what i'm doing is wrong but i don't care <laughs> so uh, like the prostitute guy yeah yeah he's he's I, I don't think he has a name, so I, I don't remember them saying his name, so I'm going to refer to him as the prostitute guy. I think guy. it was Leo. If you say so. Uh, that's what IMDb says. All right. So he had like this really weird 30s New York mobster accent. Something was going <laughs> and And of course, it's an affectation. Yeah. And and you know, Father James runs into him in a bar in, a, in the second scene that he's in, and yeah. he's like, are, are you okay? Like, really trying to get through to yeah. the real person and not the act. Yeah. And, and you, see the, you see that facade break yeah, down a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. And he's, and like, he's, yeah. like, he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Which is not true, but... <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then you have the um, Aiden Gillen's character, Dr. Frank, who's... He's he's almost you're right. He's almost the mustache twirling villain yeah. in this. He's like, you know, he comes out and says, "I'm he's a I'm very the atheist." I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm he's a, a very cold doctor. Yeah, he's very. And he's like, I'm yeah. playing the cliche. He's, he's, he yeah. says that out loud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, he has to deal with things himself. Like he tells a story about uh, a, a kid who oh, got. God. A, I don't even want to hear this again. This is awful. Yeah, he, let's let's save that for the movie. Uh, he tell he tells a really disturbing story for absolutely no reason. Yeah, just to creep Father James out. Yeah, and he's like, "Why <laughs> are you it, telling it, me this?" And it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, as the week goes on, you see, you see Father James get more and more kind of agitated. They they burn his house down. They kill yeah. his dog. Yeah. Oh no, no. That turns out to be somebody else. Yeah. But then they never say who. Yeah. Well, I kind of had I kind of had the inkling that he did do it. He did the person who killed him did do the I dog. I I disagree and I'll tell you why. No one in the movie lied to him. Everything that everybody said was true in the movie. You when you what? think about it. Yeah. So that's why I I think that that he was telling the truth when he says he didn't kill the dog. Huh. I don't know who would have then. Um, and I'm not sure if a repeat viewing would illuminate that yeah. anymore or if it's going to be a, a mystery that will have to be known only to the filmmaker. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's kind of a moot point, you know? Cause, yeah. Because really, he, 
Father James is really holding it together until that point. Yeah. And it, that, it does kind of fall apart after that, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it shows his humanity. I mean, yeah. every man has a breaking point. You know, even the ones who are really, the, the good priests who are really, truly relying on God, who really have that relationship, it, we're, we're still human. We still fail, you know. So I, I'm glad they showed that. It's not something you would see in a movie, say, by Sherwood Pictures, who, who did um, uh, Fireproof. Who, oh. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of those... Yeah, they they no, always you'd cast. Only have, they always no. cast the priest or the pastor in, in the golden light, and they they're they're always smiling and yeah, always offering you know happy advice. And the, Father James, he's a real guy, you know. It, yeah. and he explains that you know he came to the priesthood after his wife died. It was a very interesting take on the character, and uh, you know, a man who'd gone through some stuff already. And uh, I think the one person that he really affects the most is uh, uh, the woman. Uh, I forget her name. The woman whose husband was yeah. killed in the car crash. Yeah, her husband and three kids died in a car crash. Oh, I missed that there were kids. Yeah, he said there were kids in the back, and they were. He said they were. They're all in the morgue. It's best place for them. Oh, okay. Okay, I I remember yeah, that. Yeah, the, the the cold doctor was yeah. really kind of he's kind of bitter about it, but uh, she's the one who who really, I think, gets the most comfort and really accepts the most uh, help from Father James, and it's really interesting because at, at the end, you know, he ha- he really he breaks down and um, gets in a bar fight, and the bartender beats him up after he's, he yeah. goes on a bender. Yeah, and and we see later that he he gave as well as he got too. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing you see, I mean, you don't actually see the fight. Like we said, this was a talkie. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he's got bruises on his back. But the first thing we see is washing the the blood mm-hmm. off his knuckles. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, he didn't go down easily. That's a, a a change from the very last scene, you know, because he he did not fight at all, and he it it seems there was a change, uh, you know, because after after that he's he's going to Dublin. He think he's gonna run away, but then he runs into that um, the woman again who's mm-hmm. who lost her family, and he sees what she's going through, and he turns back, goes back to the town, and decides to face. This man. It turns out to be uh, Jack. The he was the butcher. He had this air of being uh, not intelligent or not not fully aware of what's going on. Uh, but he was. It seemed to be a put on because he he his wife was having an affair, and he knew about it and he was fine with it. And but during the movie, he would kind of antagonize Father James. You know, there there's like a scene in the bar. He he comes up to him and starts like, "Oh, I'm having a crisis of faith, Father," and and he just walks out. He's like, "Oh, come on, come on back. I was just kidding. I'm just funny, you know." And but he's he's really antagonizing him the whole time. And then he, at the very last scene, he shows up on the beach. Father James doesn't he he doesn't try to beg for his life. He does at one point say, "You don't have to do this," but it's not like. Like, you don't have to do this, like, please, I don't want to die. It's like, you don't have to do this because I know what this will do to you. And I don't want you to go through the consequences of, you know, having murdered a priest. 
it, it, it was that sort of concern. And yeah. I, I feel like it was a little, here it goes, sledgehammery, where uh, they were, him, him and his daughter were having a conversation. He says, uh, I, I think that too many people focus, so one of them, uh, too many people focus on sins instead of virtues. And, and then she asks him, well, what's your favorite? And he says, uh, I, think, I think forgiveness is pretty good. And so then the last scene in the movie, spoiler alert, is um, the daughter coming to visit Chris O'Dowd in jail. Yeah. And you don't hear what they say, but she's got tears in her eyes, and I think he does too. And and you know what she's going to say to him. Yeah. The look, the look on her face is not accusing. Yeah. And it's, it's it it goes back to that yeah that line. That's a a a big giveaway. Yeah, but it's I mean they lay it out there as like, yeah, here's the point of our film. Mm-hmm. But it I don't think it's as sledgehammery as some of the other things that <laughs> <laughs> we've reviewed. All right. <laughs> it, it it's more like a tap on the shoulder. Like, all right. All right. Yeah, here, here's it was here's all right. Point. Maybe not. It, it was I I could I could see that that in particular. For, for whatever reason, that line of dialogue stuck out to me. Like, oh, I bet that's going to be important later. Yeah. That's that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the attitude toward the church and, like, what you think the filmmakers are saying about the church in the wake of the scandal. Yeah. Because that is very much present yeah, and they bring it up a lot. Uh, do you want me to go first, or yeah, you go first? All right. Like I said, it it's brought up an awful lot from the very first line of the movie, the the scandal from ten years ago now, maybe more than that. Yeah, where uh, it was discovered that for a number of years, priests all over the world have been molesting small children, and rather than being turned into the police. It was just being covered up. The priests were sent. In the, in the movie, one of the cops said he was uh, sent away from where he lived for arresting a priest for this. And the priest was sent off to Africa where he could do whatever he wanted there. Yeah. Um, uh, and, yeah and, th- and once it was revealed that there were cover-ups, that, that, that was a huge scandal, and I yeah, guess a lot of people have gone to jail since then. The worst of it was in Ireland. Oh, yeah? And those were, were the worst reports, so ah, that's, that's why this movie takes place I here. I did not realize that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really bad there. Like, I think, I think it's, I think the statistic is one in seven. Wow. Yeah, one in seven, uh, you know, male churchgoers were uh, abused by uh, a priest, so yeah, that that's, and that is a conservative statistic. Wow. So yeah, so I mean, it was really, really bad. I mean, the church. I mean, how do you recover from that? People, people are not going to put their faith and trust in a in an organization which is it really a, a, abusing its power and, and you know everything and everyone else. Yeah. We've we've talked about this before in our episode on the movie Doubt. But what I what I think the filmmakers are, are saying is it's there is a lot of pain out there and it's not going to go away, and I think a lot more needs to be done to pay attention to it. And because that was there was a scene where Father James is talking to his Monsignor, and they're trying to figure out the motivation. You know, why is he doing this? You know, and, 
and the Monsignor rips off all these reasons and and Father James says, you know, I think you read that out of a book. <laughs> He's like, there, there has to be an outlet for the pain. Yeah. There has to be. And you know, sometimes it's so deep that, you know, therapy is not enough. And I found in my life the only real source of pain, a relief of this kind of magnitude is is going to God and to the Lord. Um, but when your avenue is has been really sullied by men who have taken advantage of you, you're not going to go back there. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I really I feel bad for this guy's character. You know the the Jack Brennan character. And as a victim of abuse myself, I kind of understand that kind of murderous rage and impulse. And the only thing that quells that is you know the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um. That said, I, I think I think the attitude I think it's very pro church in the movie. Or at least because between the Monsignor and the other priest that he's staying with that, that he doesn't care for. <laughs> yeah. I think he's his he takes the the writer and director takes great pains to I don't think it's anti church. I th- I think it's clearly not yeah. anti church. I, I think it's think it- I think it's anti bad person. Yeah, which is why yeah. at, at he when when Father James is telling off the other priest, uh, he says, "I I don't hate you at all. I think you have no integrity." Um, that's what that's what that is. Yeah. You know, he's he's one of the weenies that would let that type of thing be gotten away with. Yeah. And he's he says while he's while he's still drunk before he's over. Why are you even a priest at all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should be an accountant. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and that that's I think what it's what the movie is is, is trying to say. It's it's not uh, it's not the institution for for lack of a better way to say it. Uh, hate the player, not the game. <laughs> I agree with you there. I don't I don't think it's it's. Like anti-church, it's not particularly pro-church either. I think it's it's centered more on um, the human condition, and you know, looking at we got to have the right people. Yes, everyone's job. Yeah. We can't just throw warm bodies in there because you need someone yeah. to run your services. Everyone who who speaks out against the church is I don't want to say vilified, but is an antagonist. Yes. They they come after Father James because he represents a church. And yes, I, I think they even say that you represent the church, mm-hmm. so you need to take responsibility or blah blah blah. And and that's the sad thing is, you know, he is a good man. He's a good priest. He's trying to do the right thing, but he gets all this hate and bile and stuff thrown at him, and it it really takes it takes a lot to really break him down. Mm-hmm. Even though he does have that one moment, he, he doesn't stay there. He, he comes back. He has his drunken bender, mm-hmm. gets in a fight, and then he seems to come back to himself, and it's he and he is himself in that very last scene. And I think he feels a sense of helplessness, like I wish I could have done more. I wish I could have stopped this, but he um, he de- he accepts his fate. Jack Brennan is talking to him, and he's he he says, "Oh yeah, I, I burned down your church, but I didn't kill your dog." He's like, "I love dogs. Why would I do that?" But then he asks him, like, when your dog died, did you cry? He's like, yeah. And that that uh, that was a scene where it's the first time in the in the movie, like when he sees his his dog dead and he he starts bawling. It's the first like real emotional outburst you see from Father James. 
And then he's like, did you cry when you read all the reports of all the people that, that your brothers in the church had molested? And he kind of is wishy-washy on the answer. The guy shoots him in the, in the side. And, uh, ooh, that's, there's some imagery. Yeah, yeah. And so then um, he's, he's waiting for the inevitable, and the, the guy comes up and says, say your prayers, Father. And he's like, I've already said them. And he's just looking him straight in the eye, and the guy comes up, puts a gun right to his forehead, and it's it's the most graphic yeah. scene. And and then it turns into an indie movie, yeah, which it was the whole time. It's, yeah, it, it, it's a, a long talky meditation, and then at the end, there's inexplicable violence. It's totally an indie movie. Yeah, and so Father James dies, and we see there's a quick montage. Uh, the camera is panning towards the right of the screen. And you see just all the people, the, the the rich guy who has no meaning or purpose in life. Yeah. Oh, I about freaked out. He's like, you see this painting I paid a lot for? It's like the Ambassadors <laughs> by... Um, I, I wasn't going to mention the, the painting scene. Oh, it was... Uh, what's the guy's name? Um, I don't remember. I don't know painters. This is like a 16th century painting, and it's amazing, and it's detailed. And it, uh, he, he takes it off the wall, and he's like, um, like I'll pee on this father, and he's like, "You might as well." You guys have peed on everything else, so he whips it out and he whizzes on this, you know, priceless painting. Ugh, that freaked me out a little bit. That was that, and the uh, the the scene at the end were the most graphic acts of violence <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> but everything else is sort of yeah. it's described. Right. You know, they, there's a lot of there's a lot of horrible things that happen in the movie, but they're told. They're not shown. Yeah. That, that's like the thing that they tell you not to do, but it really works in this movie. Yeah. Because the thing, the things that happen in your mind are worse than what they could show you yeah. on, on the screen. I, 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 I want to go back. I, I thought the montage was um, moving. Yeah. Uh, how it's because, you know, that's exactly what's going on at that moment with all of these characters that we've just spent a week with. Yeah. And you can't help but think, What's going to happen to all of them now right. that this has happened? Yeah, because Father James has a run-in with each of these characters shortly before he dies, and even the yeah, there like, are a couple the, the, fake outs on the way to the his yeah. way to the beach. Yeah, you're like, is he going to push him off the cliff? No, no, yeah. he's like the the because you know, like you said, Father James knew who it was, mm-hmm. and he's talking to the rich guy, and he's like, he and he seems to come to the point where he's like, you know what, I'm ready to listen to what you have to say. I, I don't have I have this sense of detachment from everything, and I don't know where it comes from. And Father James is like, all right, well, why don't you go back up to your house? I'll be there in a little bit, knowing he's mm-hmm. not. And, you know, you see him, the, the rich guy sitting at his desk. You see... The, the male prostitute, you see... Uh, That's a prostitute guy. Yeah. You see uh, the doctor, you see... The, uh, the, the widow yeah. is in there. She's on the plane. She's yeah. on the plane sitting next to an empty seat. Yeah. You see how Father James really could have made a difference in their life. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all kind of at a turning point in that week. And, you know, what is going to happen to them now? Well, you got to trust that God's going to take care of them. At the same time... God had the right guy in the right place. That was Father James, and he's gone now. So, but but it, like like you said, the very last scene, um, Kelly Riley's character 
Fiona comes and talks to Jack, the guy who killed her dad. Mm-hmm. And there, there, there's definitely some kind of forgiveness going on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really liked how that ended. It wasn't, it wasn't definite. Like, it, and this is what happened to all the characters, and this is how they lived happily ever after. And but it, at the same time, it it wasn't uh, so ambiguous. Like you had no clue what was going yeah. on. Well, they had so. to leave it open for a sequel. <laughs> Father James is back. <laughs> so, what's your final judgment? Um, it was wow. Um, even knowing that question was coming, I, I find myself unprepared. <laughs> Most of the movies I choose to watch on my own are um, big budget summer blockbusters <laughs> and even not having gone to church in a number of years this this was still a a powerful film and i i don't want to say i liked it but it it got to me and yeah. even it it's it's not even a long movie but it it's deeply affecting and uh recommended maybe not for a second viewing yeah but recommended yeah i feel the same way this is a movie you need to watch you you can watch it once yeah maybe if you're like really into the mystery and suspense you might want to watch it again you know to look for the clues like who killed the dog but um yeah but that that's kind of irrelevant to the main thrust of the the movie that is how do we move forward how do we embody forgiveness and how do we live with the consequences of what's been done. And there's no easy answers, and the movie doesn't try and give you any. And I like it for that reason. It's like, it, it's like this is a problem. We need to talk about it. And, and it, it does it in a way that I, I don't think it's preachy or proselytizing. Yeah. It, it's, it, uh, it's, it's very human, and I think it's very spiritual as well. Yeah. So, all right, before we move on, uh, I, I'd like to give one last shout out to the, the beautiful cinematography of it. I want to move to Ireland now. I know it was great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they took those and they weren't just like thrown in there. They, they had a purpose, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like in between days, we get a glimpse of what's in Father James dreams and they show some helicopter shots of some of the awesome um, geography of Ireland there. Um, sort of like what we kind of get sometimes in Game of Thrones with the, the Scottish scenery up that they show. If so, you say so. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I have I, I stopped watching after, after the second season. It got a little too bloody and yeah. too many boobies for me. Um, so. Isn't um, Brandon Gleeson in Harry Potter? Yes, he is. We, we called out Game of Thrones. We called out um, Mary Watson from Sherlock Holmes. I, I, we should probably mention Harry Potter. I only saw one Harry Potter movie once, and it took me three tries. So, <laughs> yes, but I think he's in it. I don't yes, know. Yes, he, he is Professor Alistair Mad-Eye Moody. Okay. So when we first see him, he's actually a different character. Turns out to be David Tennant. He takes. The he regenerates. No, oh. he's taking polyjuice potion to make him look like uh, Mad Eye Moody. So, he's actually the bad guy in the movie. Spoilers, ten-year-old ten spoilers. But I mean, it, I mean, come on! If you haven't seen Harry Potter, you've been living under a rock. I so. haven't seen Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, 
get out from under your rock, sir. <laughs> no, he, you aren't missing. So too wait a minute, much. when I mean, David Tennant's in Harry Potter? David Tennant's in Harry Potter. So that scene in the Shakespeare episode where they're talking about Harry Potter and she blurts out that word from Harry Potter that I don't remember what it uh, is. Expelliarmus. Whatever. He was he was in he one was of in, the yeah. movies. Yes, he oh. was. Yeah. <laughs> that episode. That's the episode I, that keeps on giving when yeah. you think about it. I, I didn't think about that at that point, but yeah, it was probably about the time that, is that my, he was in that movie. I that think. is my favorite episode, and I never knew that. I I think I yeah. may have heard that he had been in it, but I forgot. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Um, we're going to have our worst segue ever. <laughs> we're going to so. talk about Blue Bloods in our TV corner. All right, and we're back. So we watched a few episodes of uh, Blue Bloods. Yes, not very many, just enough to get a little flavor of yeah. you know what what was going on there. And uh, yeah, you'd uh, you'd never watched the show before. I'd never right? seen it. I I'd, I'd heard of it. I I knew there was some show with Tom Selleck on CBS yeah. that was about cops. Yeah, I I'd been watching it. We my wife and I started watching it on uh, either Netflix or Hulu. And then we picked up the, the actual shows that were airing. So, yeah, there's a, a lot of people who are Tom Selleck fans, and my wife was one of them. <laughs> I went as Magnum P.I. for Halloween. Really? None of the kids I work with knew who I was. <laughs> How long did it take you to grow out the mustache? Uh, as long as it took me to find the checkout at the Halloween City. <laughs> And you had the Hawaiian shirt and everything. I did. It, awesome. It's, I still have the. I've I've worn the Hawaiian shirt a couple times since the <laughs> weather got nicer. Yeah, it's very comfortable. Yeah, we mentioned that this TV show stars Tom Selleck. Uh, it also has uh, Donnie Wahlberg. Bridget Moynihan uh, plays. Um, uh, let me give you a rundown of the characters first. Tom Selleck plays the uh, New York um, uh, police, police chief commissioner. 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 Uh, Frank Reagan. Len Carew plays his dad, Henry Reagan. He's the retired commissioner. He has three kids. Uh, Will Austin plays Jamie Reagan, the the rookie beat cop. His daughter works at the DA's office. She's a lawyer. Uh, Bridget Moynihan plays Aaron. And Donnie Wahlberg plays the uh, streetwise, hard-hitting detective Danny Reagan. Pretty much the same thing he did on... Uh, um Oh God! What was the name of that show? The one in L.A. that was really good. Oh boy, I can't remember it now. He was on another cop show um, that it was only on for two seasons, and it was notable because it was on in 2002. And I was visiting my uncle in Los Angeles, and then we came home and watched the show. And there were scenes from the show in the pilot where we were that day. Um, <laughs> and now. 13 years later, I cannot remember the name of the show, and it was really good. Um, Boomtown. Boomtown. Boomtown was really good. Yeah. 24 episodes. Not all of them even aired. Um, and he was a detective on that. So, sorry for the rat hole. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, it, it goes to show, you know, he's... Yeah. 
Neil McDonough was good on it too. He's a good actor. I mean, yeah, he I, is. He is a good actor. Boy band history aside, he is a good actor, and he is he is too good to be on a I, network. He should be on some cable cop show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when we went to see Dreamcatcher. We and he was the only good thing about Dreamcatcher. Yeah. We, yeah. We went there for really. The sole reason was to see the uh, the Animatrix no, prequel I w- thing before it. No, I went because it was a Stephen well, King movie. Yeah, well, and I it went. turned out to be pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it didn't know what kind of movie it wanted to be. It right. was it started out as a, a pretty freaky horror movie, and then yeah. all of a sudden it changed to like a sci-fi action. Yeah, thing. and and that the book doesn't end anyway. Anyway, yeah, he's he's he was the best great thing. in that. Yeah, yes. he's creepy in the Sixth Sense in his one scene. Oh yeah. No That's spoilers, right. but he's creepy. Um, um, he's in a couple Saw movies too. I didn't. Know. Oh, is he? Yeah, I didn't know that. I never saw three those. And four. So yeah. Um, yeah, and Band of Brothers. Yeah, fantastic in Band of Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, so he's yeah, been. He in, in, he's been in a bunch of horror crap I haven't seen. Also, yeah. Boston's finest, Rizzolian Isles. Yeah, he's been on. A, he's he's found his niche. Yes. Hey, it, he's been working for what five seasons on this, so good for him. More than that, I think. Um, yeah, Blue Bloods is starting oh, it's, its, it's, it's starting its, its sixth season, I think. Next, it's uh, yeah, it's going into season six. You're right. So, and, and it's it's a decent show. I really like it. It's um, it's okay. I when it in, I watched the pilot first just uh-huh. to get acclimated. Um, yeah, and then I watched uh, two more that were on Robert's list that he put on the show notes from the last episode. Uh, and the first thing I thought when it started was, Ooh, I like the cinematography of this. It's, it feels like a movie. And then it cut to the opening sequence and it just like <laughs> broke that all apart. And it, it it's very eighties opening turned, sequence. Yeah. <laughs> it, it very, for as much as I thought it was neat, you know, you actually see New York, in the exteriors, and there are a lot of exteriors. Yeah, which which helps. It opens it up. Um, the three episodes I watched fell into TV contrivances, and and I was I was kind of hoping it. W- I know that, but it doesn't it doesn't have to just be a TV show. I yeah. mean, The it, Sopranos was a TV show too, and look what yeah. that did. Yeah, this is here we go. It's different from Castle. Yeah, when Castle first started. I admit, I watched it for the sole reason that Nathan Fillion was on it. And I checked it out, and I thought, okay, that's kind of an interesting premise. You know, a, a writer helping out. And yeah. it and immediately, the first thing after the first episode, my, my one-sentence review was, it bears no resemblance to actual police work. <laughs> I was hoping Blue Bloods would be different. It bears a little resemblance to actual police work. Yeah. But not really. Yeah, they, Because it still has subplots... Yeah, and there there's some family drama that goes on. Yeah, that's and what I'm talking about when I say TV contrivances. Yeah, you know, of every episode, the the his sister, the DA, is butting heads with him over some mute donkey thing that he did. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's that sort of thing. They gotta they gotta keep that thing. And then then there's a device that they use in every episode the the Sunday dinner. The Sunday dinner. I was I was holding off on that. <laughs> Where they they talk about everything that's happened in the episode yeah. thus far and how they're gonna and and then they it. proselytize yes. about it yes and they do. and that's and that's another 
there, another thing I wanted to get into. Yeah, because one thing before we do, we need to mention that this is a, a Catholic family. Oh, yes. And they, they go to church every Sunday, yes. and we see their Sunday dinner like when they come home from church. And, and is it is it dinner or is it like midday? It, it's it's it, it's like lunch dinner. I don't know. Okay. They probably they probably come home, spend all day cooking. Then yeah, have, all right, have, all right. So that's how it works at our house. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it seems very clear to me, and I I don't want to speak for the filmmakers, but I'm I'm going to come out and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a shocking statement. Ooh. This show is not sledgehammery. Ooh, that is shocking however, to say. <laughs> however, I, I, I do find hints that maybe this show is aimed at a different demographic than a lot of other shows that I watch. Yes. For instance, clue number one, the family's name is Reagan. <laughs> yes. Maybe it is Sledgehammery. I take it back. Now that, on, I've, now that I've said it out loud, maybe it is Sledgehammery. It's on the CBS network. It's on CBS. <laughs> They know who's watching they're, CBS. They're they're Catholic. Yes. So I'm, and and I'm not saying as someone who is not the target demographic. I there weren't things that I liked. I'm not saying that. I it was very easy to watch these, yeah. and I didn't you know sit there thinking like some things I've I've had to watch for the podcast. <laughs> I I wasn't I wasn't sitting there waiting for it to be over, and I wasn't. Oh, what was the name of it? The Bible. <clears throat> um, I wasn't uh, counting the number of episodes left. Uh, it, it was. It was actually. It was. It was all right. It was all right. That being said, I. I think. I hesitate to use the word agenda because that's a loaded word. Yeah. I think its views may be different from mine. The 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 makers of the show may have different views from mine. Yeah. Case in point, I, I, I'd like to bring up in one of the episodes, I forget the title, it's the one about the church standoff that, that Robert posted, um, uh, Black, Black and, and Blue, Blue. I, and, and I, I'd like to point out I disagree with your choice of that particular episode to watch as a study on religion, uh, I didn't think it had as much to do with religion as uh, race and political agenda, Right. Uh, that said that comes back to the point I'm making that Donnie Wahlberg at, at the Sunday dinner uh, is talking about, you know, I'm equal opportunity, you know, black, white, red, purple, blue. I'll, I'll still knock you out. Yeah, you, you, that, break, you break the law. I'm busting yeah. your head. <laughs> you know, that, yes, the, the preacher, it, it turns out what, what happens is the preacher calls in a, a swatting incident at his own church for the publicity. Yeah. What, the episode and the dialogue, it, it, it either oversimplifies or preaches to the choir the fact that there is such a thing as black culture. And the show is either ignorant or obtuse about it. Yeah. And I disagree with that. You know, I don't think that that's the right attitude to take. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. And well, I, I think... I have to disagree with you that it's 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 not a good religious study because, like in the last movie, men abusing their power in the church, this man was using his position as a religious leader uh, for a political agenda. And that's something that I don't agree with. Um, like, 
we we've seen it happen in real life, like um, like Pat Robertson running for office. Mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell didn't yeah. Jerry Falwell run for he, maybe he didn't all run for of, office, but he was very outspoken. All, of yeah, all who of he supported. All of them have, yeah. have made a bid for the White House, and it's it, it's one of those things where that should not be your goal. Your goal should be uh, you know shepherding people towards Jesus Christ, but uh, a lot of religious leaders want that political control as well. And thinking that if I have political control, then I can sway everyone else to believe what I believe. And that is that is wrong. That's not the way you get people to believe. It's been tried. The, the Crusades didn't work for a reason. <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of those things where that, that's why we have separation of church and state in this country. Because England had their church, and you believe what we believe. And if you don't, we're going to kill you. And that's... That, that's why we have these things put into place in America. But this uh, Reverend Potter, I believe, was the character's name. Uh, I yes, don't remember. Re- it was a Reverend, days ago. Reverend Darnell Potter. He was contriving this situation where he called in a fake 911 call to get some police officers to the church. And one of them happens to be, you know, one of the sons. One of, of, the, one of the Reagans, yeah. Yeah, and they get thrown down the stairs and they're looking for the guys, and they diffuse the situation. They, f- they find the guy who made the, yeah. f- the false phone call and uh, leaked it to the press, and so that... And uh, a special nod to a pre-Aero David Ramsey playing the mayor of New York City. Yeah, he's still... He's still oh, he's still on there? Yes. Oh, okay. He's uh, mayor of New York by day, uh, and, uh, saving Starling City by night, yeah. so... <laughs> well, later on in the show, he gets uh, shot, I think, and he's in a wheelchair. Hmm. So it, it's a, it's an interesting choice, but maybe they did that because he was, you know, he's so tired of running around on Arrow. <laughs> they, Here, we'll put you in a wheelchair so you can you relax when you get yeah. a star on Blue Bloods. <laughs> and, and that's all I have to say about that. But, yeah, that's I, I think it was this Reverend Potter is definitely – Painted as the bad guy going up against you know good yeah. old Catholic loving uh, Tom Selleck and uh, his character, but I I think the point remains that yeah you shouldn't use your your religious power to get right. political power and that's what money is for. Yeah, it's right. Leave the politics to the politicians. You know, master. Not another lecture on the economics of politics. <laughs> But what did you think about the other episode, uh, Leap of Faith? Um, that one was a little more contrived. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that one was definitely uh, very TV showy. Um, the, the conceit is uh, Timothy Busfield is a guest star as a guy whose wife turns up dead and his stepdaughter thinks that he killed her uh, because God told her that he killed her. And apparently that's what happens because God gives them the information they need to break the case. Yeah. It's like an episode of Castle, only in the episode of Castle, Castle would have hypothesized about it. And then <laughs> yeah. they, would have, they would have found out what, sh- what voice she was really hearing. Yeah. It would not have been supernatural at all. Yeah. Well, there was the episode where he went to the parallel dimension. Uh, I think that actually uh, happened to him. <laughs> I, I'm trying to forget that episode. <laughs> that I was like that one. That was not a good episode. They, they have there's they're getting into sci-fi territory. The last two, they have the mirror mirror episode. The last two seasons have been bad. They have the yeah. You could say oh it's this episode it's that episode they're they're pulling out all these they're I think yeah. they're running out of ideas they're pulling <laughs> cliches from other genres. To, yeah. 
Uh, wait a minute. Are we talking about Castle or Blue Bloods? We're talking about Castle now. Okay, let's talk back about Blue All Bloods. All right. <laughs> but, well, there was the sort of the B-plot to this where Frank yeah, Reagan, his... Tom Selleck's character, he's asked to endorse... Uh, his childhood priest for sainthood. Yeah. Yeah, and he at first doesn't want to do it, but then he does some digging. He finds out that this priest had helped uh, another man escape to Canada who had um, he bombed an ROTC office back in the 60s. And so he go he goes to Canada and he finds this guy and talks to him and No, the guy comes to him. No, I he, thought. No, they show him landing in Air Canada. Oh, okay. I was I may have been looking at Twitter while this yeah. episode was on. <laughs> yeah, he flies to Canada oh, and talks right. to the guy because right. he's not going to go back to the States. He's, yeah, you're right. All right. He's a fugitive. But the, I apologize. Know, I was not thinking critically. <laughs> well, it's not it's not your favorite show, so I understand. I do that a lot when I'm watching something my wife wants to watch, like Call the Midwife or something. <laughs> but but anyways, finds out the guy who was, you know, he was just a kid. He made a mistake felt bad about it and the the priest understood this and was trying to do the right thing and everyone was trying to do the right thing and so Tom Selk comes back and is talking with the with with his monsignor and the priest from Rome who's investigating the canonization yeah. process and a call out to veteran character actor the late James Rebhorn as right. the monsignor that guy yeah that's what my wife said <laughs> oh hey he's played a lot of priests yeah that guy and uh, wasn't he on Fringe too? That's IMDb. Uh, yeah. Let's not. He he was in the 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 classic. We're recording this on uh, July third on the nineteenth anniversary of his seminal classic Independence Day. Oh, that's right. He plays the Secretary of Defense. That's right. The wussiest Secretary of Defense <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to him. Um. Yeah. Thomas Selleck says something to that effect, like he was, you know, he was a a real guy who was just trying to do his best, and you know there have been there have been worse saints, like he mentions this some Russian lady saint. who slaughtered a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, we could we could do we could do worse, and then uh, Saint old, Bill from Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, I think St. Bill from Brooklyn was a lot like uh, Father James from Calvary, you know, just a real guy trying to do his best to help people along. And he's, he says just a like, simple man trying to make his way in the universe. That's right. That's right. That's two episode two quotes <laughs> in like 10 minutes. <laughs> he's like, and I, I think that's the, the kind of person that the church needs right now. And yeah, I, I agree with that. And their Catholicism turns up some episodes like a MacGuffin, you know. It, it is a TV show, and they're like, like. But in this show, I think it had it had some real weight, not just to shoot a bunch of scenes in some pretty churches, which they did. But uh, you know, it was um, a, a real exploration of like how how deep is your faith? How you know? Yeah. I think he says something like, uh, "I'm a practicing Catholic." I need to practice some more or something like that. I, f- I can't remember. They, they, that sounds they, familiar. Yeah, they, they they joke about like how how stir their faith, and you know during the yeah. Sunday dinner they they talk about it too, you know about the 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 woman who was hearing the voices from God, and there's like they're trying to to use that like see she's crazy. She says she's talks she's hearing God, you know, and that was that's the whole plot of the one uh, Save Me show that we reviewed. Oh. <laughs> but um, yes, it was. But at the same time. Uh, 
you know, in, in my line of work, if God doesn't talk to you, then, you know, you need to find another line of work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Donnie Wahlberg talks about that at their Sunday dinner. It's like, well, we, we just got back from church or we were talking to God, you know. And it's like, well, we're Catholic. He doesn't talk back or something like that. Yeah, it's usually a like, one-way conversation. And then and then yeah, Tom, yeah. Tom Selleck says, yeah, God talks to me. He calls me Frankie. <laughs> Not Francis? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... It's it, it's an exploration of the relationship there, and because uh, Jamie says, yeah, I when I went to school, I didn't have time to go to church and everything, and uh, you know, I started talking to God in my own time, and it was, it was like going to see the professor in the hall with eight hundred people, or having a one-on-one meeting in his office. You know, that was a nice analogy of what the prayer and faith is like. So I I thought that was a a good point, and not too sledgehammery. Not too sledgehammery. No, not not too sledgehammery. But it was at the point where, like, here is here is the the moral and the lesson for the day: the Sunday dinner scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's your what's your, what's your final judgment then on Blue Bloods? Uh, it's it's likable enough. I'm not going to keep up with it. I watch too many shows already, but um, yeah. I I didn't hate it, and uh, it it did have. I I liked that it was subtler than a. Kirk Cameron show uh, <laughs> would be, but you know what? Growing I'm, pains. Yes, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, I'm. I'm glad it wasn't only about that. Yeah, and and these two episodes are. I mean, I think they have like one or two episodes a season. These are both from the second season. Yeah, that deal with religious issues. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, they had the hostage situation where it was all about you know saving the people in the building. You know, they have. But the, has anybody gotten procedural? Has stuff. anybody gotten amnesia? Yeah, not yet. So much amnesia. <laughs> uh, so Robert is wearing a Futurama shirt, so I had to get a Futurama yeah. quote in. <laughs> well, since we're talking about blue butts, you're wearing your police box shirt. Yeah, know? I'm yeah, wearing a, a TARDIS t-shirt. <laughs> so. I I got this uh, funny story about the TARDIS t-shirt. I saw it when I bought the mustache for my Magnum PI <laughs> costume, and I went back the day after Halloween to pick it up on clearance. <laughs> All right, the mustache or the T-shirt? The T-shirt. Oh okay. no, I no, I bought the mustache <laughs> for Halloween, and I I, I asked. Uh, yeah, okay. So yeah, I I like the show. I watched I watched a lot more of it. Um, I I could take it or leave it. It's. Tom Selleck has aged really well. The guy, he looks good no matter what. Yeah, all those years in Hawaii were were good to him. Yeah. Maybe uh, that's what we're doing wrong. Yeah. I have my own mustache. Should go one too. I'm not allowed. Oh, okay. Say I'm not allowed to get rid of mine, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's how that works. We do what we're allowed to. So anyways, so yeah, yeah this, sorry. This I, one, this one, it's not as good as say like West Wing, which is right. definitely more cinematic. Yeah. But it's not. It's not like it's a B plus and not a B minus. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely better than Castle. It's yeah, just kind of a low rent procedural. I'm. <laughs> I hate to say it. I'm tired of Castle. <laughs> I'm ready for Castle to yes pack it in. I think is this their last season? Have they built it? They that yet? no. I've it heard, should I've, be. I've it's, seen stuff like uh, what's her name? Uh, Stana Katic. Stana Kat. She resigned. She's that's taken care of. She she'll be back. Um, yeah. But there, I see her. She's she's she signed on to do a movie uh, recently. She's got other stuff in the works, so I think this might be Castle's last. I mean, 
I think it would be for the best. You know, I've I've had enough castle. The the novelty has worn off. Well, we're done with our episode about Calvary and Castle, and, and yeah, and Blue Bloods in there. Um, mm. But we wanted to talk yeah. a little bit about yeah, some, what's some, uh, some some news that's been that's come up. Yeah, um, what's uh, some some potential things to discuss since since we've been. I keep on on Twitter. If you follow either one of them, I'm constantly sending Robert you know ideas yeah. for for stuff we can talk about. There was going to be a show on ABC, but I guess that got uh, pushed back. They put the kibosh on that. Um, oh, ooh, of, yeah, which one was that? Of Kings and Prophets or something oh, like that. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, they're going to completely uh, recast and, and shoot the... It's off the fall schedule. They're going to completely redo the pilot, and who knows what will happen. Yeah, because it was... I don't know. It was know. supposed to be about David, I think. I, David and Nathan. And I don't know. I, I watched the, the preview for it, and it's like, wow, I can't believe this is going to be on every week. That's yeah. <laughs> ambitious. Yeah, it was kind of somebody, like, somebody wants a piece of that Game of Thrones action. You yeah, know, sword it, and sandals and. Yeah, it, it did seem like that. Like. Uh, yeah, but I don't know what was like Exodus two. Yeah, kind of, kind of that kind of scenery. But I don't know what uh, the problem with it was. Um, yeah. So, we'll see or yeah. not. Yeah, um, um, I think Resurrection got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, I we never reviewed, watched. We reviewed that. We one. talked about that. That's gone. Um, Let's see, Longmire is in shooting now for... It just finished. Oh, they it just, finished. I saw on Katie Sackhoff's Twitter feed, they just had the wrap party. Oh, So awesome. now comes post-production, and hopefully by fall, we'll, we'll have 10 glorious episodes on Netflix. Um, just announced, uh, God's Not Dead 2, starring Melissa Joan Hart in really? the Kevin Sorbo role. Yes. Do you not keep up with Twitter? Yeah, I, you know, I remember, you, you just sent that to me the other day. Yeah. Yeah, you just tweeted that, and 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 you're sounding like you're hearing it for the first time. I have forgotten. I, okay. I think that was. Oh, the, I wish I could have forgotten. <laughs> I think that was the day I drove fifteen and a half hours. From oh, Grand okay. Ridge, Michigan and back. So. Okay. <laughs> That's where uh, Tammy went last year. Was to Grand Rapids. Oh yeah. She didn't drive though. Oh okay. They flew her, and boy right. were their arms tired. <sighs> anyway, all right. For so for next time, uh, left behind. What else is forthcoming? We talked about God's Not Dead 2. Um, well, speaking of uh, Nicolas Cage movies, I'm getting next week, uh, you know, we're recording this on July 3rd, on the 9th, I'm getting my download of The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened. So I cannot wait to see this movie. And I cannot wait for Robert to not talk about it anymore because <laughs> he has been bringing it up for like the two years they've been making this thing i know it's i can't wait it's gonna be it's, great no it's it's gonna be like yodorowsky's dune again this movie would have been terrible and i do not want to hear about it i have this soft spot in my heart for movies that didn't get made like uh with the death of don quixote let's <laughs> see that was um a Lost in La Mancha, the yeah, Lost in La Mancha that. was the movie that got um, made. Uh, now on Hulu, if you want to watch it again. Yeah, um, I, it's on Netflix too. I did not know that. I watched, okay, I watched it on Netflix. Um, I got it on disc from Netflix years ago. Yeah, I just rewatched it on Netflix streaming, and uh, I also found it Big Lots for like three bucks. It was called This Is for Real, and it was um, lost footage from. A film of the same name that Orson Welles was trying to make in Rio de Janeiro. Hmm. He made one. It was supposed to be like a series of vignettes, like three put together in a movie. And he was trying to do that and The Magnificent Ambersons at the same time. Both movies ended up being a disaster because he 
use he wasn't focused on for, one for the one time in his life he was stretched too thin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so well I recently contributed to the Indiegogo campaign again. I'm a sucker for the the movie that never <laughs> got made. Um, his last film, he, he tried to make like for the last ten years of his life, and they're finally gonna make it. And uh, the other side of the wind. No, with, you're with, not with John Huston and uh, Peter Bogdanovich, and you're not talking about the last film he actually made, Transformers the movie. No, no, okay. that that one got made. I have that that's, one already. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, but the one that he, not the one he starred in, but the one he was trying oh, to make okay and he was using techniques and ideas and things that really weren't realized in film until like 10 years after so sort of like Jodorowsky's Dune this unmade movie was kind of like the behind the scenes inspiration for other movies so mm. I'm I can't wait to see it it's it'll at least be a little classier than Jodorowsky's Dune yeah I still like that movie. I I just picked oh. up that Blu-ray too. <laughs> oh. I I did not like it. I I appreciate the effort that the the makers of the film that you purchased the the documentary. Yes, I appreciate the efforts they took to make the documentary. That said, I disagree with their stance that it would have been groundbreaking cinema. It would have failed much much worse than Lynch's. Yeah. It, it would have been... You, know, there w- you would not have a yeah. fade Mick Jagger action figure. Yeah. <laughs> no. I would not have a Dune coloring book. <laughs> that that would be like Caligula. You know, it, it, it would end up being like an infamous movie. Yeah. And and I dare say if, if the movie had turned out the way I think it would have turned out, infamous and little seen... How many people wouldn't have read the book? Yeah. I probably wouldn't have read the book if the yeah. movie had been that bad. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, well, they're still making books. I was just listening oh, yeah, to the I audiobook, know. The Mentats of Dune by... Kevin J. Anderson, who I, I really like his Star Wars stuff, but yeah. man, I... They're, they're... I read the first three Dune books, and I had to stop. They're, they get they get worse after that. The, so the I, last two are not that Frank Herbert actually wrote are not. Yeah, they they get in some wild wild stuff. So I have I have been hesitant to jump into any of the Kevin J Anderson and Brian Herbert. Um, ones. I listened to about three hours of the audiobook and so far nothing has happened. <laughs> So a ringing endorsement. Yeah. All right. So on that note, this has been Audiobook Corner. I am Michael M. Patty. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Michael M. Patty. No, let's do it for real. All right. Well, I think uh, unless you can think of anything else that's on the horizon. Um, uh, no. Well, there's the you know there's a great docket of uh, summer movies that we're probably going to go see. What what yeah. what's the, I want? This is what I want to ask you. What is the summer movie that hasn't come out yet uh, as of? July 3rd that you really want to see honestly none really I'm kind of I I'd like to see Terminator Genesis but I know that's not gonna be good I just want to see it because I like Terminator we might go to the drive-in to see that and Inside Out Inside Out and then Terminator Genesis but we're having trouble with a babysitter (laughs) so that's it's not looking like it's gonna happen um but I could take or leave either one of those I saw Jurassic World that was pretty cool yeah, I like that a lot. I um, I did see Jurassic World. I enjoyed it. I don't care about Ant Man. Uh, I'm probably gonna go see it with the kids. Just so it's yeah, something for us to do. Let me know how it is, or even you know what, if you go see it on a, a weekend, yeah. I'll come with you. 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm I don't. I don't feel like I need to. You know. Okay. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that's coming out. Yeah, that looks sweet. It we should go see that together. Yeah. What What date does that come out? Oh, uh, I can't remember. Is it in July? I think so. Okay. I think so. Cause um, I th- oh I think that might be when I'm gone to Costa Rica. It'll well, still be around when you get back. I can wait. Yeah. You're yeah. only gone a week, right? Yeah. 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 We'll wait. Yeah. Yes, I did. I got the email this morning. I hit my goal. So both Christopher and I are going to Costa Rica for a week. So fill you in a little bit on that. So I, I had the, yeah. I, excuse me, I had the, the my little support widget on the website. So yeah. thank you for anyone who, and everyone who helped uh, me get to Costa Rica with uh, my son Christopher. Yeah. So we can spread the word and help some people out, give them some reading glasses. It's going to be a great time. Don't feel like you need to bring me back any coffee. <laughs> I can't. I can't drink it anymore. Sorry. <laughs> I wish I could. It was. It was. More in, for me. In in the immortal words of Paul Atreides from Twin Peaks, it was a damn fine coffee. <laughs> the, the Costa Rican stuff is is the good stuff. Yes. I'm um, I'm looking forward to that too. Maybe maybe a sip. Yeah. Maybe a sip, but not a whole cup. Um. Well, when you come over to record the podcast, I have I brew. I have I have a supply that I'll bring back, and I'll okay. brew, I'll brew some. Okay. You can have a. I'll give you a small cup. All right, <laughs> I'd I'd like that. I I kind of miss it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, hopefully this will come out. This episode will be out before I go. So it might be a, a a while before I get the next episode out. So. So no hurry to watch Left Behind. No hurry to watch Left Behind. <laughs> yes. Oh man. So yeah, next time we are gonna watch Nicolas Cage Left Behind, the Christploitation film of the of the year. It was the lowest grossing, lowest rated. <laughs> if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, it got true? a really. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of money at all. Um, <sighs> I have an article from. I saved the article from like three years ago. There the Entertainment Weekly one that showed the picture of him in the in the cockpit. Yeah, well, this was this was one in the newspaper. It was like talking about Christian cinema and how it's going to take off, and this is going to be one of the movies that and it's like, oh boy. Got, oh, they I, I, got that be, prophecy wrong. It'll be eager. Uh, uh, I'd be interested to find out when, when we get around to recording what did better, this or Fireproof, or you know, Left Behind. Yeah, uh, there is. If you go to Box Office Mojo, right, they have a listing of, yeah, of oh, they faith, do uh, of faith based faith based movies okay. and where they all where they rank in terms of gross. All right, so um, that you, is very interesting. You haven't seen this one, have you? Not this version of Left Behind, no. Okay. Uh, I I, I kind of don't want to, but um, oh, I I totally do because I I, you know, I had I had the blog which I recorded on the podcast. You know, don't go see this movie, but I will jump on this grenade for our <laughs> listeners <laughs> and tell you for certain <laughs> how good it is. <laughs> I I want to I want to see this for the same reason I wanted to do the Kurt Cameron episode that we did. You uh, just that, can't wait to rip it apart, no, can you? I, <laughs> and I don't want to because Nicolas Cage was in, you know, Con Air and The Rock uh, and and what? And The Rock and I'm trying to think of other good Nicolas Cage movies and I know there are some, but they're escaping me right Vegas. now. You know, I never saw Leaving Las Vegas. I heard it was depressing, yeah. so I skipped that one. He, uh, he, did he win the Oscar for that? Yes. Yeah. Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage in Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. he won the Oscar for that right before Con Air. Yeah. And I love, I love Con Air. That is a great movie. I, I, I'm a huge John Cusack fan, so it's a twofer oh, yeah. on that one. It's a twofer <laughs> on that one. So, well, he's been, he's been on the downward slide, too. He's been doing a lot of direct-to-video stuff. Oh, but, I hadn't even I hadn't yeah. noticed. But at least he's not, at least he said no to Hot Tub Time Machine 2. I give him props for that. He said no to that one. He was in the first one. I, I saw that. It was it was it was what it was. It he, I could see where he's kind of setting up himself in like those eighties yeah, movies. movies. Yeah, but uh, he didn't need to do the second one, and I'm glad that he. Did you see the second one? No. Oh no, absolutely. So not. you don't know it could have been good. Uh, I'm not going to take that chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Adam Scott in it. He's from Parks and Recreation. Clark no. Duke and Craig Robinson, they were on The Office. No. Rob Corddry, he's on something. Stuff. Yeah. I'm, a whole bunch <laughs> no, of that's stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Actually, I think he was, he was on The Office. He was a delivery guy. Yeah. It, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that in terms of quality sequels, <laughs> most of the time give you diminishing returns. Hot Tub Time Machine is not The Empire Strikes Back. No, it's not. Or Godfather Part 2 or no. Superman 2. No, no. Those are those examples you just gave are they they are the exception to the rule. Yeah. And in TV corner, we're going to go for the awful twofer with Hand of God on Amazon Prime. So until then, this is Robert saying keep the faith and Mike saying peace out.